0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've got Twitter polls out there looking for your votes, if you haven't done so already. If you have, thank you. And, of course, on your favorite podcast delivery system, this morning we put out our NFL recap on Stitcher just as a highlight. But, of course, you can get us on whichever your fancy uh treats you there boy. i bubbled totally bumbled that one completely anyways uh mike's alongside me and hopefully he can talk a little bit better than i can today
1: boy if we're counting on that we're in real trouble here on the podcast Uh, (laughs) yes you're the
0: smooth talker and i'm the i don't know what
1: (laughs) comic relief i guess but uh (laughs) thanks for that introduction um we do have a twitter poll folks uh boy it's really humbling twitter sometimes like we came off having our biggest reaction ever to a poll uh probably because it was about obj uh and then we put a new poll out yesterday and hardly anyone's responded so i'm just like uh how many times do i retweet this but the poll folks still got four days uh from the time of this recording on wednesday afternoon Uh, To vote on it is uh, which game was the most surprising outcome of week nine. And we have uh, Jags over Bills, Broncos over Cowgirls, Falcons over the Saints, or the Giants over the Raiders. Uh, Right now, only Jags Bills at 83% and Giants Raiders at 17% are getting votes. So uh, get on there and let us know what was the most surprising uh, outcome of the week. Dave, what was your vote
0: on that? Oh, I think I'm going to have to go uh, the Broncos over the Cowboys, uh, even though the Bills' um, result was certainly very surprising. Uh, I think just the sheer blowout nature of the Broncos' uh, win, I think, is what cement it for me
1: yeah i agree uh you know with getting rid of von miller and all the things they had leading up to that game you thought you know broncos are packing it in see you next season and all of a sudden they're in the playoff hunt with that win which is kind of Kind of weird, of course, everyone in the AFC practically
0: is in the playoff hunt. (laughs) Yes, yes, they are, as we discussed yesterday. If you haven't listened to it, folks, get out there. It's good stuff. It is very good stuff. Uh,
1: Dave, speaking of, well, I don't know if it's good stuff, uh, and I have a (laughs) little bit of a rant here on your boy, OBJ. Um, Oh, sure, why not? So, first of all... You know, I don't want to mansplain to people, but, you know, just so people know how the waiver situation works in the NFL, uh, any team can, if someone's placed on waivers, any team can claim them in reverse order of the worst record. So Detroit had the first option to claim OBJ on down through the best record in the league. If you claim that person, you assume their salary and for the rest of their contract so OBJ went through waivers on Monday, and nobody claimed him because his salary for the rest of the year was going to be about 7.2 million, and everyone knew that they could get him much cheaper, and Cleveland would be on the contract on the line for the rest of that contract, and they can get him at the league minimum uh, if he cleared waivers. So he's done that. The uh, waiver situation is over and he's a free agent which is what he wanted and dave i really have a problem with the um free odell crowd you know oh, i I, yeah. I mean lebron and those guys it was like a, a free him from what free him from playing on an, uh, a playoff team with, you know, a good running game and a strong young coach that treated him, you know, special. I mean, w- what was the bad part there? Yeah, they weren't throwing him the ball every play. I get that. Um, but free well, it's him hard from- to throw
0: him the ball when he's not in there, Mike.
1: Right. Right. Very good point. And you see all the LSU alums come out also, and you know free OBJ. But where is uh, you know the Penn State alums for free Allen Robinson when Chicago didn't pay him last off season, and he's playing on a lame duck contract? Where are the I'm people sorry, trying? Who? who? <laughs> Allen Robinson. You wouldn't have uh, Allen Rob... rather have Allen Robinson than OBJ at this point on your team? What about oh, Terry McLaurin? Yeah. yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Lots of other options. Right. I think it's. Because it's OBJ, it gets a lot more attention.
1: But why, I guess, is the question. Why? why? What has he yeah. done? You know, he was an all-pro early in his career, had this spectacular catch, you know, with the Giants and and played well but was terrible off the field for the Giants. They got rid of him, been completely injured and a distraction for the Browns uh, with a mediocre quarterback that he could have made look much better like Terry McLaurin has been doing in Washington for three years and no one gives him credit. Um, so now the big question is where is Odell going? Uh, and it seems like there's four teams that have um, – them you know him in their sights and uh the most scary one to me dave is the green bay packers you got the packers the seahawks the saints and i think the raiders or no new england patriots uh for you the patriots have to be scary you know they have the history of taking you know randy moss and making him uh who people thought was washed up when he was in oakland and he went to new england and probably had the best season of any wide receiver uh, maybe ever. And, um, you know, can they, can do England do that with Odell? But if you go, if he goes to green Bay, dude, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, they go three wide, uh, on the left, they put Devonte Adams down on the bottom solo. Who are you going to cover? You know, who are you going to double with Odell and Cobb and those guys in the trips? And then Devonte Adams is a monster by himself. They've proven that already. So, I think that would be the, the scariest for the league. What's your opinion, buddy?
0: Uh and I'm trying to find this and, and I'm not seeing it and I didn't write it down this morning. I saw uh, a list of the teams uh that are in consideration amongst the ones that you mentioned, but also how much room they had under the salary cap. Oh, okay. And
1: Seattle's I, I, in the best position for that.
0: Seattle is yeah. in the best. They were at like 12 million or something. The rest of the other teams were all really really close and I think it's I think his hit is going to be about 3 million dollars right. uh based on uh what is already uh paid and what the Browns will need to pay. So, uh keep that in mind folks as you look. I think New England was really they, they might have been like right at 3 million or 2.8. They right. have to make a move or
1: two maybe something even. like
0: yeah. that. So A lot of these teams are gonna have to do some things uh, and get creative with the financing to get him there, but I agree with you, Mike. If he ends up in Green Bay, uh, wow. That is something else.
1: Yeah, that would be uh, absolutely crazy. So we'll keep an eye on the, you know, Odell watch. I know it's 24-7 on ESPN and all those other places, NFL Networks, wall-to-wall, Odell, um, because it's the flavor of the week and the drama of the week. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if Green Bay gets uh, Aaron Rodgers back from his COVID disaster and gets – Odell on the field this weekend. That uh, certainly would shift some lines for sure. Imagine being uh, Jordan Love, preparing for a game on Sunday that literally nobody wants you to play in. Your coaching staff, your teammates, the fans, everybody is like, please bring Rogers back based on that performance. So uh, I kind of feel bad for Jordan Love a little bit, but Let's move on, Dave, unless you have something else to add there. Oh,
0: no, let's move on. Let's oh, okay. let's get away from this uh, subject. Oh, so, it is very, very uh, compelling for sure.
1: Bears-Steelers Monday night, Dave. Turn on the pregame and what do I see? A little Brett Michaels, folks, from Poison Fame. Talk dirty to me. Every rose has its thorn. On the field, and I'm like, why? Wait,
0: not, not Al Michaels. No, uh, not Al confused. Michaels. Just bre- mean, those of us that know that the genre, we know exactly who you're talking yes. about, but not Al Michaels no. playing the guitar or uh, singing for that matter. Anyways.
1: Brett Michaels, CC DeVille and the boys, mid-80s, check it out. Uh, love it. But why was he out in the field before the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, it turns out he was doing a really good thing. Him and Rocky Blyer, who was a true American hero, in my opinion, we're out there for a salute to the troops, uh, raising money for uh, helping troops coming back and dealing with PTSD and injuries and that kind of thing. Um, what a great reason to be out there. Apparently, Brett Michaels is a native from Pittsburgh. Uh, oh, okay. So, you know, he was out there, but it just caught me by surprise. It's like all these dignitaries and, you know, American Vietnam veteran, American hero, Rocky Blyer from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then Brett Michaels from Poison, and they're out on the field before the game doing the uh, wave the terrible towel or whatever activity uh, that um, stadium has that's similar to raising the flag in uh, Seattle, who started all of that. But the yeah. game, Dave, turned out to be a tale of two cities. You want to run us through the game a little bit?
0: Since yeah, I've been... you know, started out slow here, slow. certainly. Slow. Um, yeah. Some some nice plays, though. If you haven't, go take a look at Justin Fields' uh, throw uh, to Goodwin there. Uh, the 50-yarder, really, really nice. Yep. Uh, good protection from the offensive line. Uh, Fields looked good in this game, I think, 17 of 29. Uh, Not a great percentage there, but 291 yards and a touchdown with an interception. Also had eight carries for 45 yards. Uh, Starting to see there was another play where he uh, was down near the goal line and there was pressure and he was able to get away from it and roll out and hit another receiver for a first down. Uh, Those are the types of things I think Bears – the team and the fans are all excited about it and have kind of been waiting to see uh, a little bit more of, and you got some of that uh, from Justin Fields in this game. Uh, so it certainly was very exciting, um, but started out, again, kind of slow. The fourth quarter, I think, Mike, uh, was really where it was at as far as the excitement in this game. I know you were saying off-air, uh, that you went back to watch and you couldn't believe right. what happened in the fourth quarter, just overall.
1: Yeah, no, it was a snooze fest in the beginning. It looked like, you know, they're, you know, Steelers blow out of the Bears and defense looked good for the Steelers and Bears are making mistakes and, you know, uh, typical naggy play calls and it was, and fields did have a couple <laughs> moments, but, uh, so I tuned out at halftime, went to bed, I uh, watched the second half the next day, Dave, and and it was like a, a whole new game. I'm like, what, what, what happened here? <laughs> like, did change uh, <laughs> players and uniforms at halftime or what? But uh, back and forth, and you're right, field is growing up. Uh, we're starting to see, you know, the potential that we've seen. My uh, most impressive play by him was the touchdown to go ahead late in the fourth quarter. Uh, similar, scrambled a little bit, and great throw to, to Darnell Mooney, who's going to be a nice. Uh, receiver in this league already is. And uh, they go ahead uh, 27 to 26, but there's, yes. 40, there's 40 seconds left on the clock, 38, I think. And, and Roethlisberger, you know, gets enough done down the field. Nice um, pass to Deontay Johnson to set it up. Kick, They kick a field goal and Steelers win in a last-second field goal, which after halftime you would not expect them to need. Uh, 29-27, Steelers go to 5-3, and three. Bears drop to 3-6, and, and um, going to be tough for the Bears to do anything playoff-wise at this point, I believe. I don't know if they're ready for a get-out-of-here, but they're not uh, far away, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> they're getting close, that's for sure. Six losses is going to be tough with some of those uh, teams that are you know, in the upper echelon in the NFC, uh, right. it's going to be hard for the bears to, to catch fire there. But you know, if fields can continue to play well uh, and certainly he'll need some help from his coach with the play calling uh, certainly some, uh, some potential there, uh, Mike. So an interesting stat for you. I know we have some other like pieces to talk about in this game, Chris Boswell. Mm. Okay. The kicker uh, who's been there for some time in Pittsburgh and is, you know, you know, set a lot of records and and right. whatnot, set a brand new NFL first in this game. Okay. He became the first player to kick at all three of these things that he did. The first player to kick two 50-plus yard field goals,
1: mm-hmm.
0: also have a game-winning field goal, mm-hmm. uh, which was not of 50 yards, and also recover a fumble from an opposing team okay he is the first player ever to do that and to top it all off he did all of that in the fourth quarter
1: (laughs) wow that's crazy that uh you know no kickers had the ability to do or the opportunity i guess to do that and execute i'd be curious how many missed it by one of those uh Criteria, but uh, good stat, good stat. Yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, Yeah. no, Um, I I think the Pittsburgh crowd was live and you know they seem to have uh, turned the corner a little bit on where they are. Uh, Can we just wrap up uh, rookie of the year on offense to Najee Harris at this point? I mean, I don't know that there's another person making a huge impact like he is uh, in the rookie field. Do you want to run through some mvp talk real quick dave i know we didn't prep for it necessarily but just off the top of your head who would you Uh, put in the mvp category right now
0: yes but can we of course uh, can we park on the uh cassius marsh situation that happened in this game
1: uh dave this is your show as much as it is mine do
0: whatever you want (laughs) So this has gotten a lot of media attention, and if you haven't uh, paid attention at all to this, uh, go watch some of the highlights of this. Um, One of the Pittsburgh drives uh, in the fourth quarter, it's 23-20 Pittsburgh at the time. Uh, Roethlisberger gets sacked by Cassius Marsh, Mm -hmm. who has just been called up to the big team.
1: Yep, first Uh, game ever.
0: First game, uh, does a little... I don't know, like a roundhouse kick kind of thing, uh, which apparently in the interview afterwards, that's been his celebration uh, the entire time, and is very pumped up. It's fourth down. Pittsburgh is going to punt. Chicago, you know, going to get the ball back, only down three. And he kind of walks towards the Pittsburgh uh, sidelines, and you just see him kind of standing there, standing there, and he kind of. I guess walked a little too far towards mm-hmm. the sideline. cross the house, uh, Perhaps. Yep. Yeah. You know, and just kind of looking and and whatnot. And, and you see in the screen, the punter comes out and there's another bears player there. So they kind of like turn around and he starts walking back and, or jogging back to the bears sidelines. And, uh, Oh my gosh, the guy's name escapes me. Tony Carrenti. Tony Correnti, Right. The, the head official there. Um, there's a collision between the two of them. And if you watch this video a few times, uh, and Marsh called uh, Carrente out uh, in the post-game press conference uh, for hip-checking him. Mm -hmm. And if you watch it, Tony Carrente does move his body. Now, Carrente does have kind of his back to him a little bit. Uh, You could make an argument, and and this is how much we're – people are breaking this down. You could so we'll break it down. You can make an argument that Marsh could have kind of moved a little bit to his left and to not bump into Correnti, but he throws the hip out there and then you see the flag come out. You know, well after the play uh, and you're wondering like what the heck is going on here? And Marsh goes all the way back to the sidelines doesn't even see it. Coach starts yelling at him and he turns around and then he sees there's a flag. Mike, this is just ridiculous. Um, Marsh gets called for taunting. Right. And the only thing, which is why I, I wanted to go through the sequence of things, because I think the taunting was related to him staring at the Pittsburgh sidelines?
1: Yeah, so, not to treat this like this is a Bruder film, but we are. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, current, he was backing up. He had his flag in his back right pocket he shifted his body to get to the flag because they had one of your favorite things a little discussion about whether it's a penalty or not and he was going for his flag so he did shift so his left hip came out to get to the back right pocket as anybody would and at that moment marsh was going by and they made contact hip check yes Two minutes for boarding, if you want to give them that, that's fine. Um, Pull the goalie, do what you got to do. But I think it was pure coincidence. Uh, And, you know, Marsh, whether or not he should have been flagged for taunting is another issue, Dave, that obviously it's a a point of emphasis this season. We've seen this year wide receivers get up and just walk back towards their huddle, and because the defensive player was on the ground, you know, get called for taunting. It's been that bad this year.
0: Um, Oh, yes, it has.
1: And so this one probably is in that category. Once he crossed the hash and we kept – I'm sure he was chirping at somebody. We didn't see any body movement
0: really necessarily. He said he wasn't saying anything uh, in the post-game presser. So – I don't know. It, it is hard to tell from the angle it whether his mouth is moving or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So so here's the whole situation. And, and uh, you know, so the, the penalty comes out. Pittsburgh uh, gets the first down and drives and gets the field goal to put them up 26-20. When you look at the fact that the Bears lost by two, that's a – now, did the Bears have other opportunities to oh, stop sure. them? Of course they did. Sure. Um, but that play really triggers a lot of things. And so if you haven't checked it out, I mean, we've broken it down, as I think, as good as anybody could. But go watch <laughs> it in, in regular speed and slow speed and yeah. uh, ridiculous speed and ludicrous speed if you want. <laughs> he's gone um, plaid. <laughs> yes, he's gone plaid. The Spaceballs references are out there. If you haven't watched that movie, go watch it. It's hilarious. Oh my uh, your anyways, we're all over the place. if you didn't watch that movie. Yes, so that's that's Bears, that's Steelers, and now Mike wants to talk MVP.
1: Well, I mean, I guess my first question is: Does the COVID situation automatically eliminate Aaron Rodgers from the MVP talk? If you're talking on the field, he's got to be in the in the finalist discussion. If not, I
0: yeah. Go ahead. Yes, I, I think it is. He's only missing – well, we need to wait and see now. He may not be cleared, I heard, last night till potentially Saturday. Right. Uh,
1: Which is why Jordan and, loves preparing to play, even though literally no one wants him to.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see. I mean, if he just missed the one game –
1: but I'm not even you talking know. about that, Dave. I'm talking about the whole narrative. MVP is always a narrative. We've got to give uh, it to this guy. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is the young gun. we got to give it to him. You know, this one's never had it. we got to give it to them. <clears throat> so because of the narrative of, you know, lying about, you know, I was immunized, not vaccinated and all that crap. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to be out of the MVP race, personally.
0: Interesting. Uh, I think... If they had to vote right now, I think he probably would be. I think what's going to happen is we've got um, you know, half the season left, right? and there's going to be games and moments where things are going to be remembered for what he's done on the field. Uh, now, if for some reason the Packers hit a slide and he doesn't perform well, right. or he performs well and they slide for some reason, I you could see that. Uh, no, if they so, go out I, and
1: dominate and have three or four losses at the end of the year and he's played like he has, he's got to be on the field in the conversation.
0: Yes. Yep. Okay. I agree. Um, you'll probably laugh at me for this one. On the fringe, I think, is Matthew Stafford uh, for uh, the Rams. Now, whoa. he's um, yeah, he has had a very, very good year. He certainly had some bad plays here. But mm-hmm. if the Rams... Uh, are there and end up, you know, upending the Cardinals or finishing right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stafford has been a big reason for their success this year. I think he gets up there. So that's a fringe vote for me. You certainly can look at Kyler Murray uh, potentially as well. I know who you're avoiding. Um,
1: Say it. Tampa Tom has to be in the conversation.
0: Yeah, I wasn't really even thinking about him because it was the buy for okay. th- that that team this week. And but if you want to put him in the conversation, Mike, by all means. I mean, he's
1: got to be. I I don't want to, Dave. Um, but I think we have to if we're going to be intellectually honest here. Um, so yeah. it does seem like all quarterbacks. Anybody, you know, Justin. Um, Herbert seems to have a little bit of uh, tarnish after, you know, uh, Belichick put his mind in a pretzel there. Uh, Josh Allen with, you know, that back-to-back really um, flat performances. You know, he still can be talked about, but... Oh, yeah, um, he's
0: still got a chance, yeah. if but he's got to have, you know, he's kind of had his uh, turn of bad games, right? I'm going like to predict an MVP is is based on consistency and uh, he can't have any more bad games. If he wants to shoot for that,
1: I'm going to predict a narrative of uh, Russell Wilson comes back. They get OBJ. They storm into the playoffs and Russell Wilson gets uh, a lot of consideration for MVP. I don't know if he'll win it, but uh, his name we're not talking about right now. There's a name. Okay. There you go. Uh, Unfortunately, it's it's turned into the all-quarterback award, but that's the way it is.
0: Yep, well, and if Derrick Henry hadn't got hurt, I mean, folks, he'd be the leading candidate. I I don't think there's any question. That's fair. Um,
1: Maybe Adrian Peterson will be the leading candidate.
0: No. No. Ten carries 21 yards in this last game. I know he got in the end zone, but 2.1 yards per carry isn't going to get it done. Anyways,
1: Let's take a switch and beat it over to college football. See what I did there with the Adrian Adrian Peterson? Wow. Yeah. Bad joke, folks. Um, Hashtag don't at me. Uh, My (laughs) silence is all you need to know. (laughs) Uh, If you don't know why that's a joke, uh, good for you. Uh, (laughs) College football, week 10, uh, not a ton of... Big-time matchups on paper, but some very big-time outcomes, Dave. And we had some movement in the college football playoff rankings. Um, But let's start with, you know, number one, Georgia just came out and put the hammer on Missouri, 43-6. to Uh, Missouri did cover because they were plus 40, Dave. Plus 40 in college football. Uh, And the under came in at 59. Uh, So, you know... I guess if you're gambling on Georgia, you lost both of those. But uh, what else? There's nothing else to say about that game.
0: Uh, nope. They're just doing what they need to do, scoring points, not yeah. giving up points, uh, and and blowing out uh, bad teams.
1: Uh, the number two team in the country, according to um, – the committee is Alabama at 8-1, and, and they really had to struggle with uh, LSU, Dave, at 4-5. That was an entertaining game to watch just because those guys hate each other, and Nick Saban still hates Ed Ogeron for the 2019 season. And uh, when he said on live TV, uh, roll tide, F that, <laughs> you know, that was uh, Go Tigers, that uh, really Saban really wanted to put it on them, but he didn't. 20 to 14 uh alabama alabama did not cover the minus 29 uh so another underdog winning in the gambling on a big spread over under at 67 came in under by a lot
0: you don't see vegas
1: miss like that they thought alabama was going to put it on them and lsu this was their national championship game and uh they just came up short but entertaining game nonetheless what else went on uh the quack attack dave also yes had a tough game. Did you see? You got anything on that?
0: Uh, I mean, they're they're playing, uh, you know, a Washington team that's always game uh, when they're at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but lucky for Oregon, they were able to avoid the upset here. Uh, they went 26-16. to 16, mm-hmm. um, And now, you know, yay for them as they have moved uh, up, up into... Uh, Three in the college football playoff and that's good for them. Uh, Their defense played very, very well in this game, Mike. They only gave up 166 yards and seven, seven total first downs uh, for Washington. So yeah, everyone talks about their back.
1: Yeah, that the, everyone talks about their speed on offense, but their speed on defense and the way they swarm to the ball is finally caught up to what their offense can do. And I want them to stay undefeated and get in there against what I think is besides Georgia, a really flawed playoff um, pack of teams. Alabama certainly can be beat. We've already seen that by Texas A&M. I think that Ohio State, and we'll get to them, uh, is very vulnerable. Oklahoma, if they make it, vulnerable. So um, we'll see. Uh, The the former number three team in the country, Dave, the Michigan State Spartans, did not fare well against no, uh,
0: they did not a
1: very good Purdue team 40 to 29 Purdue uh, Purdue covered uh, they were getting two and a half points and uh, the over under was 53 and a half. that also came in uh, Purdue just threw the ball all over the field. 40 for 54, uh, O'Connell, the quarterback, was 536 yards. You cannot be a playoff team and give up 536 yards to an uh, inferior, unranked team. Crazy. Three touchdowns, no interceptions for the Purdue quarterback. Uh, they held uh, held Walker, the uh, Heisman candidate running back for Michigan State to uh, 146 yards on 23 attempts and one touchdown. Um, boy, I I thought Michigan State would be in trouble at some point in their schedule and a huge letdown from the Michigan game, but uh, I didn't expect it to come this quickly, Dave.
0: No, and, uh, you know, Purdue has had some good wins, uh, you know, so they are probably a little bit better uh than their record Absolutely. shows uh but i would agree And with their record six
1: and three which is no joke
0: right uh this is definitely very surprising uh and folks if you're looking for fun uh plays to watch uh go check out purdue's double reverse screen pass for a touchdown in this game yes uh it's 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 interesting, uh, and... It took a long uh, time to It develop. took a long time, and, and their coach, I was reading their coach, Jeff Brom, said he saw a high school team on YouTube do this. Right. And so a bunch of years ago, and he said the last time they did it, it went for a touchdown. Um, so he throws this play out there. It's, you know, an end around that turns into a reverse that turns into them flipping it back to O'Connell... Who then turns the other way and throws a screen pass? And here you've got this parade of of big, gigantic offensive linemen mm-hmm. standing there waiting. And they throw it to—gosh, the guy looked like a fullback to me. I mean, he was not moving very fast. No. And uh, he weaves his way from the left side to the right side and and uh, avoids some tackles, gets into the end zone for a 39-yard touchdown. Uh, Purdue was up 14-7 at the time, made it 21-7. Uh, and so I'm going to say the same thing you said, Mike. Uh, you're looking to be in the college football playoff. You can't give up a, a, a play like that, right. uh, particularly with how slow it uh, developed. Right. Uh, certainly a very interesting play. So that's something I think folks to to look up and see uh, that play for sure. Sure, absolutely.
1: Uh as we move down in the uh, rankings here, Notre Dame beat Navy handily, 34 to six, covered the spread of 21. Uh, Oklahoma State, who is someone to be reckoned with at eight and one, beat West Virginia, uh, 24 to three. But the uh, game that meant a lot to Alabama, Dave, is the Texas A&M Auburn game, 13 versus 14, and Texas A&M wins 20 to three that cover the spread at minus four and a half. The under came in 49 and a half on the over under and it was only 23 total. But that Texas A&M win over uh, a highly ranked Auburn team strengthens the loss by Alabama and solidifies them at number two in this college football rankings, unfortunately, uh, in my opinion. So. Yep,
0: and it will be interesting as we look ahead to week 11, in college football, Texas A&M is at Mississippi, uh, favored, uh, road favorite by two and a half. Both teams seven and two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Texas A&M continues to have you know difficult games, as of course they do uh, in the SEC. Uh, as far as that goes, Mike, I want to stop and to North Carolina, okay, um, and watch these two. Uh, ACC teams go at it, the undefeated Wake Forest Demon Deacons, uh, in a game that we mocked yes. here last week, that North Carolina was favored by two and a half points uh, at home. And, my gosh, Mike, they end up winning by three. Uh, this was a wild game where Wake Forest was ahead by 18 points in the third quarter uh, and collapsed and could not stop uh North Carolina from coming back and interesting of note, Mike. Uh, so this game, very high scoring 58, 55, North Carolina and, uh, North Carolina also, uh, last year was down 21 points to wake forest and came back and won. So a lot of the same players, uh, you know, you have, uh, North Carolina players, uh, the quarterback, how Sam Howell saying, Hey, We've been there. Right. This happened last year. So they had a similar feel to it. Can
1: you imagine, Dave, the over under was 78 betting the over (laughs) in this game and being comfortable at halftime that that it was already 60, you know, 55 points. Yeah, because
0: they were bold. It was like. 34-28 34-28
1: 30, or something like that. I was going to say 35-28.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, very, very high And
1: um, I thought when I saw the score, they're like, did they play earlier in the day and I missed it? And it was only the halftime score, <laughs> you know, it was kind of crazy. Uh, but, yeah, entertaining game. You're right. We mocked it. And uh, I still think neither one of these teams ultimately are very good. Uh, no. I saw, you know, Notre Dame beat up North Carolina pretty decently. Uh, so that gave me a, a lower opinion of them because I don't think this Notre Dame team is
0: particularly good. Um, but yep, so um, that game. Happened. Couple, yeah. Yeah. And so Wake Forest uh, this next week is home for NC State and Wake is number 12. NC State is number 16. This is the first time this year Wake Forest is playing a team ranked in the top 25. Interesting. So that's all you need to know. Uh, one other interesting note here uh, with this game, because I was like, oh, okay, well, that's it. Wake is, is done for the ACC. Not so fast, my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, uh, because of the new scheduling model for the ACC, uh, these two teams don't play very often, even though they're both in the same state and in the same conference. So this meeting this past Saturday was a non-league game mm. uh, because they set up a, not a, a, a schedule to play more often so that they didn't lose uh, the rivalry based on how the ACC uh, schedules. So Interesting. non-league game doesn't cost them. Uh, Wake Forest still undefeated in the ACC uh, so, just thought that piece was interesting. No,
1: very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Uh, just to give some love to the West Coast, real quick: uh, Boise State on the Smurf turf beats Fresno State, forty to fourteen. Fresno State was twenty-three. They get knocked out of the of the rankings now. Uh, and San Diego State beats Hawaii, seventeen to ten. San Diego State eight and one, and you know feisty out there, and you know will be an interesting team to watch in a lesser bowl this year. Um, but, you know, fun, fun to watch those guys. Uh, you know, if I'm being honest, I haven't seen one play other than highlights Um just because it's so late. So Dave, the new rankings came out, unless there's anybody else you want to go over. Uh
0: I, I think quickly two mm-hmm. uh, games. One is Cincinnati. Uh, undefeated, but continues to struggle against these poor uh, teams. They played uh, Tulsa. They only won 28-20. Tulsa had a drive at the end of the game, and uh, the running back fumbled on the goal line as they were going into the end zone, which could have potentially touched down two-point conversion, tied it late. Uh, And so I think that continues to hurt uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Just wanted to highlight that. And then I also like to talk of Tark, Jerry Tarkanian. No, I also like to talk briefly, Arkansas and Mississippi state. Okay. Arkansas. We've talked about multiple times because of their, uh, propensity to, uh, play terrible at the end of games. We talked a bunch of weeks ago about them going, uh, going for two at the end of a game, instead of kicking the extra point to go to overtime, uh, They uh, are at home against number 17, Mississippi State. Mike, they get a field goal with 21 seconds left. Uh, And qualify, it gets them to six wins. They are now bowl eligible uh, after a couple of two and ten seasons recently. So kudos to Arkansas for still having uh, some stamina and fortitude to win some of these games. Uh, They were undefeated. Uh, and then lost three SEC games in a row. So just wanted to hit on those two. No, that's uh, good. And
1: Arkansas is now 25 in the um, official rankings. So you're right. They'll get into a decent bowl um, yep. because of their conference and their continued winning record. So, um You know the the rankings really didn't change a lot, but there's some significant spots here. Georgia obviously remains one. Like I said, Alabama remains two and is probably entrenched in that. Even with a close loss to Georgia in the SEC title game, Alabama will stay at two, I think, um, just because that's what the committee loves. Uh,
0: Oregon. Well, and they also don't want Alabama to fall to four and have Georgia and Alabama play in the semifinals right um instead of instead of the finals so um i know it's computer generated and also has some human input into it but yeah i you watch if they don't lose and they play this game against georgia uh i don't think you're gonna see them fall down to four for that reason
1: yeah good point Uh, So, Oregon has to keep winning. They cannot lose to anybody, including in their conference championship, uh, or they'll be out of the top four. Ohio State's at four. Uh, Dave, not a hugely impressive win against uh, Nebraska, but still, they did it. They won. Um, So, they stay at four. Oregon's ahead of them because Oregon beat them early in the season to give them their only loss. Uh, Cincinnati at five really doesn't. So those four teams control their own destiny. Cincinnati does not. They need losses for everybody to move up because they're staying yeah. the
0: schedule. Well, and Ohio State still has to play Michigan. They still have to play Michigan State. Right. Uh, those teams, Michigan 6, Michigan State 7. Right. Uh, so Ohio State still has some challenging games where Cincinnati does not. Right. So my money would be on Ohio State uh, potentially losing a game uh, but what I think you would find even with that is Michigan or Michigan State would leap over Cincinnati uh, based on a win. And that's unfortunate, too. We've talked about that. But Cincinnati's schedule, uh, just not good.
1: So uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Michigan, Michigan State, because I want to park here for a second. I saw an interview with the uh, head of the committee uh, for this college football ranking, and he was saying that even last week, When Michigan lost to Michigan State, there was talk in the room of keeping Michigan ahead of Michigan State in the rankings. Even though the Oregon win over Ohio State, earlier in the year keeps them ahead of Ohio State. Uh, People in that room were pro-Michigan, had stats, had a presentation, uh, and it didn't happen last week. But this week, since Michigan State lost, they actually dropped down to seven, Michigan at six, because and even though they lost to that Michigan State team, and I just find that so hypocritical, uh, depending on who's on the committee and who, whose voice is loudest, uh, shouldn't matter. Um, but it does apparently, and, and they've admitted to it. So I think that's crazy.
0: Oh, that is totally crazy. You'd like to think the politics and such have been kept out of all of this uh, and that the folks can be neutral, but you can't be neutral when you have Uh, folks that are involved in college football and coming from the different schools that are on these committees. uh, There's always going to be some sort of bias there. Uh, Interesting that it even got out, though, quite honestly.
1: I agree. I think it got out because the commissioner or the president or whatever they're calling that person uh, wanted that talk to stop because it was a little bit ridiculous and you can tell by his attitude but uh i want to focus a little on a team that can make the biggest move dave and that's oklahoma number nine uh yeah they're they're undefeated or number eight excuse me at nine and oh um undefeated and if they win out they have to be in the top four right Uh, They have number 13 Baylor this week. Then they play Iowa State. That's no joke. And then number 10 Oklahoma State to finish the season. And then would have a championship game on top of that. If they win all of those games and are undefeated, you have to have them in the top four ahead of a one loss Oregon or even. I don't know. I don't know if they're ahead of Michigan or Ohio State or whoever wins the Big Ten. What yeah,
0: well, so, you know, and you look at Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, yeah. one or two of those teams, based on the games, are going to have two losses.
1: That's right. That's right. You and know, they're going to be and out. so.
0: They're going to be You know, those three teams playing each other, that's going to help Oklahoma. Right. I, I think even regardless of the inco- uh, outcome of those games, uh, even if they're close and Oklahoma wins out, they're going to pick up some points. They're going to pick up some movement right. uh, and get ahead of some of those. Do they get close enough to be in the top four? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would agree, Mike, uh, if they stay undefeated uh They've got to have some love, uh, really. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then, And then we start running into teams that do not control their own destiny and probably have no shot at number nine is Notre Dame, 10 at Oklahoma State. Texas A&M is interesting, but they have two losses, unfortunately, yeah. and it goes down from there. Just one, one fun team I wanted to talk about, Dave, is uh, the UTSA.
0: Roadrunners. They're, yes, they're a fun Texas team. San Antonio, baby. So
1: apparently, a lot of people mix it up and they say USTA, which is the United States Tennis Association. Tennis Association. So yeah. there was a clip of the coach running practice, and there was a great play or something in practice, and he's like, "Not bad for a bunch of tennis players," and and just calls, uh, all of his players, tennis players and stuff. Uh, oh, they're good they're for f-
0: him. That's that's good humor right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to embrace. it. It, right? That's what you're Absolutely. known for. So, uh, you know, they're, they're undefeated and, you know, not a great schedule. Obviously they finished with Southern Miss UAB in North Texas. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule. Probably their best win was Illinois. Cause that's a big time team. Memphis. They beat Memphis 31,
0: uh, 28. Yeah. We had talked about them a few weeks ago and yeah. said that Illinois game, uh, and certainly when we didn 't even talk about Illinois beating a ranked Minnesota team on the road this week, That's right. uh as well, so that that helps their case sure uh, are they going to get up into the upper echelons no. of of the college football playoff? No
1: no, I would be fun to like have them play uh coastal Carolina or well my Liberty team that got smoked this week against a far superior team um So it would be fun to see them playing in a a bowl game of kind of the uh, convicts versus the Catholics or something like that. So I don't know. We'll have to see who they're matched up against. We'll give it a nickname for sure. Um, But anything else here, Dave, in college football you want to hit? What's up with your Syracuse Orange?
0: Yep. uh, So Syracuse was on the bye this week, uh, which is good. And now they will travel to Louisville. Uh, Louisville at home favored by three. Uh, you know, Syracuse, look, uh, they sit at five and four. They need a win to get to be bowl eligible. This looks like a very winnable game for them. Uh, two and three in the ACC. Louisville sits at two and four. Uh, this, I think this is a game that, that they should win. Yep. Um, but there's been lots of games that they should have won this year and haven't. But they seem to kind of have turned the tide a little bit, a little bit of identity with the team, and now they have bowl game aspirations in their sights uh, and something that they can capture. So I look for them, Mike, to win this week against Louisville uh, and get to 6-4, and four, get to that uh, qualifying for the bowl, uh, and then see what happens in the last... Uh, Two games there with Boston College and a very, very good Pittsburgh team.
1: Yeah, th- I think that Pittsburgh game is
0: really going to be fun. Um, Dave, since you are... Yeah, the passing of Pittsburgh versus the running of Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, two totally opposite offensive teams.
1: Styles make matchups, you know. Uh, you know, that's, yep. that's going to be... Styles make fights. That's That'll be a good one. Dave, since you are the notorious double dipper at Syracuse with the double degree, uh, double alum... What movement has there been uh, since your rant last week about giving uh, Tucker the 44 jersey? I see folks behind Dave, uh, the whole Syracuse background with the 44 jersey hanging behind him. Uh, the dude, if you cut him, there'd be orange coming out of his blood. Uh, he is the double dipper himself. Uh, Dave Pennock. what movement has there been? If
0: any, uh, you know, not much right now. I mean, obviously being on the buy, uh, the talk has been pretty quiet on that front. And again, as I had mentioned before, I think it's going it to happen off season. Yeah. It's going to sit into the off season. Right. Uh, but you know, they have, they have some opportunities here, Syracuse to um, make some noise. Right. You know, if they can win against Louisville. Oh my gosh. I, I, Wow, I totally got the – they already played Boston College. Boy, that is terrible. I was going to leave a go, but – Call me out. I'm looking at it. So they play Louisville and then home – or away for NC State, who's ranked, and home for Pittsburgh – Uh, Both games, uh, TBDs right now, if Syracuse was to win against Louisville, if NC State were to beat Wake Forest, that game becomes uh, a lot of flavor. Um, And same thing with Pittsburgh. So uh, they need to win, uh, but they will have, I would imagine, NC State and Pittsburgh will be games that will be televised. um, And Tucker will have his chances. Uh, He's just got to make the most of them. Uh, and they've gotta continue to feed him like they have all year, and hey, if he can have a breakout game against one of those one of those two uh teams if they are ranked when they play them, that would go a long way.
1: yeah, and if Schrader doesn't turn the ball over, they're gonna be in good shape, they play strong defense, uh like you said, run the balls, ball control methodic down the field. that's fine uh for what you know the talent they have on the team, probably if they could. Three games left, Dave. W- w- would you sign up for two and one right now?
0: Oh, absolutely, two and one. Would you sign up Holy for cow, one, did that and yeah. uh, one and two? Seven wins. Yeah. One and two. I would sign, up, sign for? up for. I would sign up for one and two because uh, ball that ball would get ball. them to the six wins. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, and Are they saving? i I'd hate to see six and six. I would much like to see seven and five. Of course. Uh, six and six to me, even though it qualifies just doesn't feel like, hey, this is a team Successful that should be playing season. in a bowl game.
1: Speaking of which, are they saving Dino Baber's job if they get to 7-5 and five and get into a decent bowl game?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, we've, we've much... gone back and forth on this during the season. Right. Uh, the fact that they've kind of turned what feels like turned a corner. If they get to seven wins, that means they're going to beat either NC State or Pittsburgh, who could be potentially ranked down at the end of the season where it matters a little bit more. Uh, and certainly, if NC State beats Wake and then Syracuse beats NC State, that looks really, really good for them. Right. So, yep. And then I think you would see Dino Babers continue. I mean, he's still under contract. so right. Uh, It's not like he's fighting for his uh, contract life here. But, yes, I would agree we would continue to see him. And it would be the uh,
1: cheapest out for the administration because they could just finish his contract and not have to pay two coaches at once, which would be good. Exactly. So, Dave, last question, and we'll get out of here. Syracuse qualifies for a bowl, let's say. Yep. Pick the bowl. Here are your two options. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Or the cheese it, or the cheese it bowl oh
0: where the winning coach
1: gets doused with a gatorade bucket full of cheese it's and i'm folks, voting this we year told,
0: no, and we talked about we want white
1: year. cheddar in those buckets we do not want the regular plain old cheese it's i want white cheddar or one of the duo flavors with the chicken wing and the blue cheese or the bacon and the cheddar jack any of them any Pick a flavor, folks. Let's not just go plain old original Cheez-Its. But anyway, which bowl would you like to see Syracuse? I don't think either one of them uh, are looking for an ACC team. But
0: No, and I'm not crazy about Duke's Mayo or Cheez-Its. Uh. <laughs> I've
1: looked for Duke's Mayo in every store I've been in since that bowl. It's almost been a year. Nowhere in the uh, capital region of, the United, of
0: New York State is it. But, but anyway.
1: Interesting. I could probably uh, order it online,
0: but you know. I'm sure you could. I guess I because it's lesser of two easel, lesser of two evils. I would go with the the cheese it bowl there. Okay. Uh, Cheetos, cheese it. Cheese it bowl. Oh my yeah, cheez it bowl. Did you yeah. just mix up cheese its and Cheetos?
1: Yeah, what I don't like you? either one of Damn. them,
0: so I know. Uh, I'm telling it's, your it's, kids. Yeah. Yep. It's it's something that I won't live down anytime soon, but. <sighs> Uh, And the worst thing is, of of all the bowl games, because I'd like to actually go to it, I'd love to see them in the Fenway Bowl, and the inaugural (sighs) Fenway Bowl in Fenway Park. Holy
1: copycats of the Yankees. Get an original thought,
0: folks. Yeah, and those of you that listen to us regularly know that we're huge Yankees fans, but uh, Fenway is not that far away. It's uh, in the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's Wednesday, December 29th. Would love if I could go and stay at my sister's place and then have a nice leisurely drive from there to Fenway. Uh, could potentially work out really nicely. Anyways. Secretly, I don't, I, like I don't, don't hate Fenway. I don't like Fenway. Uh, uh,
1: I don't hate Fenway because of the history, secretly. But I wouldn't want to get
0: out. Great place to see a game. Yeah. Uh, would uh, love to be there in December watching my Syracuse team and not the putrid vomit emoji Boston Red Sox that that treat that as how a do you
1: have the Fenway Bowl and not like have Harvard versus Yale or you know something like that in that range yeah. but anyway I digress fair fair point Dave I did have a play but you blew me away with the uh, double reverse screen uh, NFC asked it real quick North Dakota State their nickname is Dave
0: Oh home of Carson I Wentz sh- and yeah, other people, the Bison.
1: The and bison. Uh, they faced off against South Dakota State, whose nickname is the Jackrabbits. I knew that was oh, right on the tip of your tongue. So yeah, the Jackrabbits right, right there. are uh, first and goal down low. Uh, and they do a, a, a version of the fumble ruski, Dave, um, where the center snaps the ball between the quarterback's legs, who was under center. And it goes directly to the running back, but it's, like, at his ankles. And he bends down like it's a fumble. Of course, North Dakota State converges on the running back. He makes a move and walks into the end zone. Not quite as cool as your um, double reverse screen pass by Wake Forest, but, uh, you know, always interesting. We're always scouring. Send us those stories if you see them, folks, of double doinks and backwards punts and that kind of thing that we haven't seen this year as much as last year. Uh, But folks, we love this uh, talk. Great talk, Dave, about uh, the second most popular sport in the country. Uh, We're think tank sports people. We think you listen. Hit us up on the social medias where we strive for five.